Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. And where we find ourselves today is in Philippians chapter 4, and it's the last chapter uh, in the book of Philippians. And, and, I'll, and I'll start reading. It's not on, your, on our screen, but I'll start reading at verse 4. Look at what it says. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. It doesn't say sometime. <laughs> it says, always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Now, here's where we kind of land and kind of talk about verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I want to just hop real quick to the message translation, and it puts it this way. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. I like the way uh, Eugene Peterson puts it. He says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Can you imagine that sometimes worry has its way of finding itself at the center of your life before you know it worry and your life is wrapped around concerns and stress and worry and Eugene Peterson says he says before you know it a sense of God's wholeness in everything coming together for good will come and settle you down it's wonderful what happens look at your person next to you tell them it's wonderful It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Amen. Can we bow our heads for a moment and just pray as we get into the scriptures. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for remaining faithful. We thank you, God, that we can open up your word and find life. That we can open up your holy scriptures and in there we can find life your voice oh god and so we thank you god for communicating with us oh god but not just communicating information but really you are imparting in our lives we thank you that this word is transforming our lives even as we hear it father i thank you lord jesus that in a morning service we serve coffee so that we can be saved and happy in jesus name we pray and god's people say one more time give god a praise all over this room Uh, if uh, any of you have known me for a long period of, t- period of time, you, you would know that uh, Pastor Rowe uh, is an absolute MMA fan. Could we lower that? We could, we could, we could lower that. Uh, Pastor Rowe is an absolute diehard MMA fan, mixed martial arts. I absolutely love watching UFC. I see some of you guys looking at me and I'm like, don't judge me. Okay, cut that out. You guys, some of you guys be watching them shows on Showtime. You shouldn't be watching. Anyhow, a little, a little UFC never hurt nobody watching it. You know what I mean? Uh, I love mixed martial arts. I love the UFC. I love watching it. I got to be honest. And uh, it didn't start watching UFC. I actually started watching uh, wrestling. You know what I'm talking about? Like some of us still think wrestling is real. Let me serve you notice real quick that it is, it's like, it's like destroying Santa Claus for some of the kids. You tell them wrestling is not don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. It is real. You better shut your mouth. Don't tell me that. 
rock, right, Israel rock? But I used to watch it when wrestling was actually good. Wrestling was actually good. Like, I'm talking about when you had Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know he needs to get saved and all that, but I, I like Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was in the times when Shawn Michaels had sweet chin music, and he was kicking the life out of people. Are we really preaching about this today? Yes, we are, all right? And uh, you had, you had uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, who is my absolute favorite wrestler. The best there is, the best there was. Somebody finish it. The best there ever will be. Brett the Hitman Hart. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching the gospel. I used to love wrestling. And let me tell you something. I got all my brothers hooked on wrestling. Like we were all, we would watch Monday Night Raw on WWF, right? Because it's WWE now. It's WWF. That's more powerful, like WWF, right? I will never call it WWE. Anyhow, and we had WCW, right? So like we had to like go back and forth on channels because they would have it at the same time. And then we had Thursday we had SmackDown. I mean, it was amazing. We got all my brothers. And, and here's, here's the thing. We were raised in a poor family, so we didn't have many toys. And any toys that we actually did have, we broke them. Like the first week, right? Like, so mom was like, you know, we're not going to do this anymore because they're broken in a week, right? Any parents know what I'm talking about? You buy your kids, they destroy it. $50 just down the drain right there, right? And so, uh, uh, you know, for us, we fought each other all day how did pastor o and his brothers have fun they beat each other up that's what we did to this day you cannot get me and my brothers in a room together you cannot get us in a room together without like you put us in a room for an hour i can't promise you stuff is not gonna break walls might break chairs might go flying Somebody might be throwing themselves off a ladder because you have four guys our size. We're all over six feet tall, except my oldest. He's like 5'11 and a half, but we give him six feet, right? Um, and, you know, like, to this day, my mother is traumatized. We're like, Mom, we're coming over. Rolando, I just fixed the walls. I, I, I just I say goodbye to the walls, all right? We, we absolutely, this is how we grew up. We did not play with toys. We fought each other. I promise you, like we laid it, we laid out, um, we put the bunk beds together and we had a ring. And we were doing somersaults and backflips and hurting each other. Till this day, I must have power. Foe just got, my, my younger brother just had surgery off his back. And I said, you think that's because of how many times I power bombed you off the roof of the house? Seriously, I'm not making this up. This is a true story. And, and, and I would think that this lifestyle of violence would escape me. But no, I married someone from Brooklyn. Enough said. Enough said, right? Because my wife, any idle moment I have, my wife is putting me on a sleeper hold. And you know, like, when you, when you practice mixed martial arts, you ease into the submission. Not Mrs. Remedios. She doesn't have enough time to ease into the submission. She wants to tap you out. But the thing is, what, what she doesn't understand is she's about to kill you. You're not going to even be able to tap out because you're dead. Right? So she's like, tap out! Like, can, can you ease into the submission? One day I asked, she said, can I put you in a submission? I said, Sure. And I said, she said, I want to put my, your arm at the back of your... I said, okay, ease into the submission. She went, Hang! can I have my arm back now? <laughs> Completely destroyed my arm, right? And, uh, and here's, the, here's the thing, like, if you get around me enough, you would notice that we are very physical amongst our brothers. And, um, and, and uh, John has been around me for about six or seven years. And I got to admit, half of it is not because of his choice. I forced him. But there was this one time that uh, I was told that John didn't like to get physically involved and he didn't like to engage in physical violence. So that was a memo to me to make sure that I engage in physical violence with him. Right? So one of these days, John is at my house. And I got to be honest, don't judge me, but I beat him up. 
I got him on the corner of, I got him on the corner in my house, and I just jabbed him in the ribs a couple of times to the point he threw himself on the wall, uh, on the floor. And of course, I felt proud of myself, and I raised my hand as the winner. We counted him down. One, two, three. He did not kick out. But one day, watch this. One day, John says, you know what, Pastor Roe? You keep playing with me like that. I'm going to get you back. I said, bro, please, cut, you out. cut it out. Shut your mouth. He says, I'm going to get you back, Pastor Roe. You keep messing with me, and, I, and, I, and I, don't, I don't do anything because I know you'll beat me up, but I'm going to catch you by surprise. I said, man, cut it out. I'm your pastor. Stop that. Right? And so, so, so one day we're coming out of Jenny's house. This is a true story. I will not make this up. This is a true story. We're coming out of Jenny's house, right? Or the Cayuche residence. Hold on. We're coming out of the Cayuche residence, right? And as we're coming out of the Cayuche residence, I'm getting inside my car. And guess what this demon-possessed man does? I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. I'm getting into my car. And I'm fully exposed right here. And John cocks his arm back and he did it the unforgivable sin and he jabs me right jab me, that's being generous that's being kind he punches me in the ribs or in my lungs or somewhere there that I lost all my breath I could not breathe I promise you I was hunched over and I was like oh my god it's like I'm coming home, God. I'm coming home. Baby, take care of the kids. I promise you, I never wanted to fight someone, any of one of my leaders up until that point. Like I wanted to. John looked at me and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Pastor O, Pastor O, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Pastor O. And I was like, John, get away from me, John. I'm not, like this, I'm not making this up. Like, Pastor O backslid a little bit for that moment I was like John get away from me right now he's like oh May looked at John I ain't gonna help you for this one man May already started making plans like a widow she was like alright kids we're gonna be on our own and John goes fellas ladies this is how men bond okay I'm just letting you know um, John goes Pastor Rowe I'll let you get your hit back. But just let me know. Don't catch me by surprise. And I couldn't breathe. I promise you. I was, I was gasping for air. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. He punched me so hard. Like he felt terrible. I felt worse, right? And I was just like, oh my God, I, gotta, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I could not breathe. All I wanted was air. And then one day before service, the things we do. You mean, Pastor Roe, you're not praying back there? When you're back? One day, John comes back there, one of the service, a couple of weeks later. And I said, John, I want my hit back. He's like, but we're about to start service. I don't care. I want my hit back. And John says, all right, all right, let me prepare for it. So John starts pacing back and forth. And he's moving around, right? And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, Pastor Roe, okay, okay. I'm ready. I said, you ready? He says, yeah, 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 I'm ready, I'm ready. I say, okay, you ready? I think you guys are expecting me to go. And then Pastor Roe forgave him. No, I didn't, all right? This is exactly what I did. I cocked back 50%. It was only like 50% of my strength. <laughs> this is how men bond, I'm sorry. I say, <laughs> gave him a shot to the ribs. John couldn't breathe. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. That John couldn't breathe. And when I hit him, I remembered he had asthma. That's what I said. And I was like, oh my God, Jesus. Can you imagine the headlines? Pastor punches employee in the ribs and kills him. Could you imagine the, like, terrible headlines, right? I started thinking, man, what? This guy's going to die. That's what I thought. Like, I promise you. I was like, oh my God, God forbid something happens. You know, John has asthma. And I just punched 
the air out of him. And John's like, Pastor Roe, Pastor Roe. You know, he's speaking in that I can't breathe voice. He's like, Pastor Roe, Pastor Roe. I was like, oh my God, John, I'm so sorry. John, John I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't worry, I'll do your funeral, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, John, John could not breathe. And all he wanted was air in his lungs. And he was finding it difficult. When I got hit in the ribs or wherever I got hit, right? Ribs, wrong, kidney, I don't know. But I got hit so hard, I could not breathe. All I needed was air. How many of you guys know that there's not much we can do without air? There's not much we can do in life. There's not, pretty, there's not too many things that we can do or function in without air in our lungs. How many know that's true, right? Here's what I thought. That in the same way that our lungs need air, our soul needs prayer. (laughs) The same way that our lungs need air, our soul needs prayer. See, all John wanted was a little bit of air so that he can exist. All that, all he wanted, forget about functioning, forget about doing tasks, forget about getting things done. Just to exist, just to live, just to be alive, you need air in your lungs. And it's in the same way for our souls to be healthy, for our souls to be alive, for our souls to be well. Our soul needs prayer. See, one of the things about asthma... One of the things about asthma is when you, I don't know if you, anyone here has suffered from asthma, but if you suffered from asthma, you understand that it is when the trachea, which is the vehicle that takes your air in and out of your lungs in flames, and you can no longer have the air flow in back and forth like normal. But one of the things I also discovered about asthma is that asthma has symptoms. Asthma has symptoms such as a cough, such as fatigue, such as get, getting the least bit done is an extraneous effort. When you have asthma, there are symptoms, there are symptoms that you experience. Can I get another mic? There are symptoms that you experience when you have asthma. Anybody have asthma here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? My God, we need prayer. Amen. So you know exactly what we're talking about. Some things are uncomfortable when you can't get air in your lungs. Which is something that we take for granted all the time. Because what we just breathe. This is what we do. You know what I'm talking about? What if I told you that in the same way that there are symptoms to asthma, there are also symptoms and evidence of a life that lacks prayer. You see, Church of God, the same way that We can see symptoms in our life. Can can you imagine us trying to treat every symptom of asthma? And and so we have fatigue, and so we have to treat the fatigue. We have a cough, so we have to treat the cough. We have this, so we have to treat this. But it's really not those things that we ought to be treating. They are simply a symptom of a lack of air. It's likewise the same way that, in, in the same manner that we are experience certain things in our life and we're trying to treat the thing in our life and we we have an issue here and we have an issue there and we're trying to treat the issue what's happening is they're just symptoms of a lack of prayer see oftentimes the things that we are experiencing in life are simply a symptom of a disconnection between you and God I'm preaching better than you amen in right now. What you're experiencing in life many times is simply a symptom of what your prayer life looks like. Now I want to start off by saying that when it comes to the subject of prayer, oftentimes when we hear Pastor O or a preacher get up here, can I get a different mic? A preacher get up here and Mention the word prayer. You know what happens? We all assume the position of a spank. 
Like, I don't know you, I was raised in a Hispanic home. And when mom and dad told you that you misbehaved outside and you were going to get a spanking, you knew when you got home, you weren't throwing a party. Like, matter of fact, sometimes it was worse the whole journey home because you were suffering. Please don't hit me. 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 And then you get home and guess what? You had to assume the position. Okay. And then you get your, I mean, we used to call it, nowadays they call it child abuse. Back in the day, they used to call it a spank. You know what I'm talking about? And so we, we used to get, we used to assume the position because we knew that a spanking was coming. Can I, can, I, uh, can I alleviate you for a moment? This message is not to spank God's people. This message is not for you to be so, um, it's not for you to feel discouraged. Because I think that we would all agree that we can all use more prayer in our life. I think that we will all agree that we can all use more connection with God. I don't think there's a person here that says, well, you know, I've prayed last year and I've been holding on to that prayer since last year and I've been good for a whole year or two years. No, we know that we need this connection with God. We know that we need to connect with our heavenly father. We know that we need to speak to the divine. We know that we need to speak to God. I think we will all agree in this house that we can use more prayer. So let me, let me relieve you for a moment and say, hey, this is not to condemn anyone. This message is not to make you feel so guilty that the next time you pray for your food, you're speaking in tongues. Can you imagine? Like, that's what happens. Like, we preach a great, yes, I'm so fired up. I just want to pray right now. Can we pray for the food? Yes, Father, I just thank you right now for the Taco Bell. Woo! And people are like, can we just eat? Can you stop praying for, like, Africa right now? And just, we just want to eat right, right now. Right? Cause we get, and then a week later, what happens? We're still lacking prayer. But what if I told you that prayer has been made more complicated than what it really is? You see, prayer is you connecting with God and God connecting with you. You know, oftentimes we look at prayer simply as a category. That we check off, okay, I said my prayers this morning, I prayed to God, I spoke to him. But prayer is you connecting with God and God connecting with you. It is when the divine connects with humanity. When humanity connects with the divine. Where, where heaven touches earth and earth touches heaven. Where heaven touches you and you are connecting with heaven and heaven is connecting with you and you are connecting with heaven. Because how many of you guys believe that we are not, we are, we are in this world but we're not of it. Amen? And so we were created in the image of God. I believe that inside all of us we are created and we are designed and we are made with an absolute need for the breath of God in our life. This is the type of need for our existence, is the need of our soul. Our soul needs to be connected, but too many times our soul, and we're operating and we're functioning and we're doing so much and we're fatigued and we're stressed out and we're worried and we don't know what to do with ourselves and our soul is in a really unhealthy place. And then we try to do things to, to fix and, and, and cure our soul with exterior things, but it is simply that our soul hasn't connected with the breath of God that was breathed into man the moment man was created. See, you are created with a God-shaped hole, and every time you are lacking, being poured into by God, you are functioning in a life disconnected from your creator. And so many times, again, I, uh, we, we, we live our day. How many of you guys ever felt like this? Man, I don't have, I don't have time. I got so many things I got to do in my life. I got so many things that I got to get done. How many of you guys ever felt like, man, I don't really, I just don't have the time to pray. I just don't have the time to read God's word. Have you ever felt like that? Just me? Nobody here? We got a holier church. Come on, somebody. Right, you ever felt like that? Man, oh, man, where did my day go by, man? I, I, what did my day go by? What if I told you that when you connect with God 
And when you take out this time for your heavenly father, when you take out this time to connect with God, God expands your day. You ever been confused about something? It's like, I don't know what to do. And you spend three hours trying to figure it out. What if you would have connected with God? Maybe you would have, instead of figuring it out in three hours, you would have figured it out in one. Why? Because you are connected with your creator. Because the breath of God is breathing in the same way that your lungs need air, your soul needs to be connected to God. Could you imagine us trying to fix a light and saying, okay, we need to fix this light. It's not working. We need to do whatever it takes, but it's not connected. And we're trying to figure things out, and all you need to do is to be plugged in. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, can you get plugged in today? See, prayer is a continuous connection with God. I don't think there's anybody here that would deny that we desire joy in our life. We desire peace in our life. We desire happiness and satisfaction and meaning and purpose. What if I told you this morning or this afternoon that all those things come as an added benefit to a prayer life? See, and and, and this is what happens. We misunderstand prayer and we begin to see prayer as, okay, if I pray, God's going to reward me. If I, I, I got to pray because I, I know that when I pray, good things happen. So that's God rewarding me. No, I, I want to submit to you that when you pray, those are simply byproducts of a prayer life. See, when you're connected to God, you feel more alive than ever. When you're connected to God, you know That you know certain things. You walk into a place and you know how to communicate. You know what to say and what not to say. Why? Because you're you're connected with God. When you're connected with God, you know what decisions to make. When you're connected with God, you don't pray as a response. You, You already pray so you can walk in it. I remember walking time in a walking into a place and we were about to shoot a video, and one of the guys said, Hey, 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 hey. We can't start this without prayer. We got to pray because we're about to get into something deep. And one of the the leaders there who was initiating this effort said, bro, I've been praying all month for this to happen. This is just the manifestation of what we've been praying about. See, many times we pray as a response and that's okay. But what if we, we had this continuous connection with God? The Apostle Paul wants to communicate to his church. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Don't worry about, well, uh, uh, excuse me, Pastor Paul, Apostle Paul, can I? It's a lot easier said than done. I don't know anybody here who's ever said, you know what, I'm going to worry today. I just need to get my worry on. I'm going to get my worry on today. That's right. You see those finances? I'm petrified. Oh, you see my kids? Yup. I'm scared to death. Pastor Roe, I'm a professional worrier. No, because worry is an, it's almost an involuntary emotion. No one ever welcomes worry in their life. Have you ever welcomed worry in your life? Worry come down. Never, right? We never worry. We never want to worry. Anybody ever want to worry? And sometimes we're in this. Can, you, can I tell you something? That this country is in a constant state and in a perpetual state of fatigue, of worry, of stress, of anxiety. The Apostle Paul says there's an, there's an antidote to that. The antithesis to your worry is called something like prayer. You see, see, worry is just a result of a lack of connection with God. 
See, oftentimes what we do is that we worry our minds out. We, we, we lose our mind. We're in a state of anxiety because we are, we are not sure and we are uncertain. But when we are connected to the divine, when we are connected to our creator, when we are connected with Papa, when we are connected with our daddy, we don't need to worry because we are resting assured that God has it under control. When you're connected. He says... He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about anything. Pastor Rowe, we got so much to worry about. Then I would say, then you got so much to pray about. (laughs) See, see, you can either worry about everything and pray about some things. Or you can worry about, or you can not worry about anything and pray about everything. What do you mean, Pastor Rowe? The Bible is calling us to pray, not so that we can have a religious act checked off in our uh, our moral compass. No, it is so that we can be connected and so that we can bear the fruit of that. I'm sorry I'm screaming. I'm just excited. We're talking about prayer. Pastor Ro, I I got money to worry about. That causes stress. We're stressed about work. We're stressed about the economy. We're stressed about family responsibilities. We're stressed about our housing costs. We're stressed about our personal health. We're stressed about personal safety. A research was conducted and it says most Americans are suffering from a moderate or from moderate or high stress. With 44% with 44% reporting that their stress levels have increased over the past 5 years. Stress is also taking a toll on our kids. Almost a third of children reported that last month they had experienced a physical health symptom often associated with stress, such as headaches, stomach aches, trouble falling asleep, and staying asleep. In addition, parents don't realize that their own stress is affecting their kids. 86% of youth say that they are impacted by the stress of their parents. See, worry is an involuntary behavior. No one worries on purpose. It's just like a, a byproduct. See, worry is, a, is a, in itself a symptom. It is a symptom of what? Worry is a symptom of a life disconnected with God. Pastor Ro, I, I worry all the time. What if, what if I challenged you today to connect with God and give him this undivided time and see what your life looks like when you are connected with your heavenly father and not live a life so disconnected from God? We, we live in a day and age, I mean, I never thought that, I never thought that people would have anxiety and stress over how many likes they got on Facebook and how many shares and how many uh, follows. And we live in a day and age where everyone is stressed and, and they're consumed with anxiety. And, and all I can think of is, my God, how have we disconnected so far from our creator when all we need is to be plugged in to our God? Where we're looking at ourselves, and now, now watch this, we're so disconnected. And when we're disconnected with God, we start being disconnected with humanity because now it doesn't matter if those around me affirm me. The world has to affirm me. My friends who I don't have a relationship with on social media have to affirm me when they don't care about you, they don't think about you, they just press like or they don't. And now we are, (laughs) oh my God, and now we are forming our identity because we have disconnected with God in such a way that we want to disconnect, that we want to connect with life, but there is no life when we're disconnected with God because now we're looking for our value and our meaning and our purpose based upon the amount of followers and likes we get from one picture that took us three hours before we posted Can I speak the truth? See, when you're, when you're disconnected in prayer, when your prayer life is lacking, 
When you're not connected to the divine and the divine is not connected with you, when heaven is not, when you're not connected with heaven, your body starts manifesting symptoms of that. So what happens, I want to be honest with you, this is what often happens. Do you know how many, oh my God, do you know how many sicknesses and infirmities are associated with stress and anxiety? Watch this, watch this. So I'm disconnected, and because I'm disconnected, watch this, and because I'm disconnected, I begin to feel anxious and worried, and now I'm stressed, and now I'm losing my mind, and now because I'm losing my mind, and I'm stressed, and I'm worried, now my body starts responding to that worry, and I begin to get physically sick, and now I become, my stomach is upset, now I'm physically sick, sick. my mind, my head starts to hurt, now what am I doing, I'm medicating myself to to deal with the symptoms of what come from anxiety and stress, and so now we're sick, now we got bitterness. Now we got sickness. Now we're, now we're ill. Now we're physically ill. And now we're coming back to God. God, can you deal with my symptom? Wow. Woo! God, can you deal with my sickness? And God is saying, no, you don't understand that I'm not going to heal you. I just undo what was done because of a lack of prayer. See, many times we're like, God healed me. No, you just got connected to God. And when you get connected to God in the same way that there are symptoms of a lack of prayer, guess what, Christ Uncensored? There are symptoms to a life fully connected with God. So what are you stressing about today? What are you worrying about today? What are you losing your mind over today? Maybe we just need to get plugged in. I keep coming to the fan because I'm hot. Maybe we just need to... This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to be alive. This is what it feels like to be connected. James says that you ought to pray about everything. The more things that line up before you that the enemy says you can stress about, God says, no, those things are in your path, but you could pray about them. Look at your person next to you tell them, tell God. I want to tell you today that are you going through it? You should pray. Do things look impossible? You should pray. Does your future look uncertain? You should pray. Are your bills piling up? You should pray. Are your kids not doing what, what the good that you want them to? Guess what? You should pray. Is your health failing? Guess what you should do? You should pray. I remember when Lisa was going through a divorce. Other, other ladies would also were going through similar things that she was going through. And they'd come up to Lisa and they'd be like, what did you do when you were left? What did you, what did you do when, the, when your husband left you? They're like, oh my God, Lisa was married to someone else except Pastor Rowe? No, God forbid. <laughs> like, Lisa, what did you do through your divorce? What did you do when adultery happened in your home? What did you do, Lisa? Lisa was like, can I be honest? I just prayed. No, 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 I know, I know you prayed, but, but what else? Like, what else did you do? Like, tell me. I just prayed. I, oh, you're no help. Lisa, but what did you do? Tell me. Give me the A, B, and Cs. Give me the one, two, threes. Give me the, I need to know, what do I need to do in this? I wish I had something else for you. Because I saw you, Lisa, and you had such a glow. And you didn't even look like you were going through a divorce. You didn't even look like you were going through. uh, You didn't even look like it. Like you you were getting burned and you didn't even smell like smoke. Lisa, you were were doing so. Like I saw you and you were just like, like happy. And you were worshiping. You were singing songs. Like how could this woman be going through divorce? How could this woman be going through adult? How could this be? I just, 
I was just praying. I just kept praying and I kept praying and I kept connecting to God and God God kept pouring into me. And what I thought somebody was going to pour into me, you poured into me and I connected with God and God connected with me. And I just felt more alive than ever. I didn't need anybody to affirm me. There was no social media, no likes on Facebook. It was God looking at me says, I don't just like you. I love you. I cherish you. I want you. I want to be connected to you. Is anybody getting this today? Come on, church. Is anybody getting this in the house? You know, I don't know about you, but I wonder sometimes. Watch this. I wonder sometimes if we would spend less on worrying and more in our prayer what our life would look like. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, what I mean about like... Any husbands and wives here? Any, anybody looking to get married one day? Single folk, hallelujah. <laughs> Have you ever started f- arguing, having a passionate discourse? Have you ever had a passionate conversation with your spouse and you looked at the time? Oh, it's one o'clock. Two hours later, you're still in that passionate discourse? Huh? That's just me? Oh, man, baby, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've looked at the time and I'm there two hours later trying to get Lisa to do something I need her to do. And this is what my thought was. I wonder if I would have taken half that time and just spend it with God. I wonder what it would look like if you would spend a a lot less time trying to control and manipulate and make happen and orchestrate and and be the manager of your own life and take half that time and instead of spending 2 hours trying to get your spouse to behave you want to behave them the way they want to be they need to behave spend it with God instead of instead of talking to your boss and convincing them and telling them how much spend it with God half the time instead of spending Four hours with man, spend four hours with God. Because one of the things I realized is that Jesus didn't spend hours trying to get things done with humanity. But he spent hours, excuse me, with God. You know, the disciples, they looked at Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They journeyed with Jesus. They saw him manifest miracles. And you know what the disciples never asked Jesus They never said, Jesus, can you teach us how to perform miracles? They never said, Jesus, can you teach us how to preach? They never said, Jesus, I need a class on deliverance. They never said, Jesus, I need you to teach us how to preach on at the synagogue. They never asked that. But you know what? You know what they did notice? They say, I don't know, but this guy... He speaks to devils in minutes. He looks at a person that, is, that can't walk, and he says, walking at this moment, and the person would walk. He'd look at the blind man, and he says, oh, my God, it takes some minutes to do that. It takes some minutes to heal the blind. It takes some minutes to heal the sick. It takes some minutes to rebuke demons. But he spends hours in the morning doing this thing called prayer. Hmm. Why is it? You see where I'm going with this, right? Why is it that we can find ourselves spending hours on trying to get things done, but we're spending seconds and minutes with God, but hours with the dealings of man? And we spend hours trying to rebuke a demon. We spend hours trying to heal the sick. We spend hours trying to walk this life. But we spend minutes what if they're connected? 
What if the direct, you know, there's times in my life the Holy Spirit has convicted me and has placed in my heart, Rolando, I want you to spend more time with me. I want you to take an allotted time with me. And there's times, there's times that I connect with God. And I want to be honest, sometimes it, it, it feels like I'm just there. And sometimes it feels like I'm praying and I'm just singing songs. And a half an hour goes by, an hour goes by, and I'm just there. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm all worshipped out here. All right, let's go save the world. Right? And God is saying, no, pump the brakes. I want you to spend a little bit more time with me. But God, I already told you everything I needed to tell you. And God is saying, no, just, can you rest there? Can, even if you do nothing in my presence, can you just seclude that space for me? Even if you remain in silence and don't say a word, can you just put away your phone for a second? Can you shut off the TV? Can you put the kids to sleep? And can you just take that little bit longer time with me? And sometimes it just feels like I'm going through the motions. It just feels like I'm there. And I don't see the manifestations of what happened there until later on in the day. Because I'm connected. See, even though, watch this, even though my mind did not comprehend what was happening during that moment of silence, my soul was absorbing everything that God was pouring into that, into me. There's going to be times in your prayer, prayer walk where you feel like, man, you can walk on water. You come out of that prayer, whoo, come on, devil, I'm ready to rebuke telling you. It's times that you come out of the prayer and you're just like, you're ready to heal the sick. You're ready to raise the dead. And there's going to be times that you're like, it feels like I just wasted my time. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So your flesh is saying, what was this? I'm not, I could have slept. But your spirit, is, your spirit is saying, oh, I'm more alive than ever. Oh, I'm more alive than ever. You might not feel it right now, but wait a couple of moments. Wait, a, wait until something happens and you feel the peace of God. Wait until you walk into a, a fire zone and guess what? You are at peace. You are settled. You are chilling. You are settled. He says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank him for what he's done. Write this down. Prayer is magnifying God's power and minimizing your pride. See, when you begin to pray, God is saying, hey, it's not about, it's not necessarily about what you're going to get and what you're praying for. It's what happens during the moments of connection. See, I don't, want to, I don't want you just to pray so that you can get something out of it. Even though that happens. But the purpose of prayer is God connecting with you. And you connecting with God. And God says, I want to connect with you so much that I don't even put a limit to what you can talk to me about. He says, don't, don't worry about anything. Pray about what, Pastor Roe? Pastor Roe, what can I pray about? He says, there is no limit to what you can talk to me about. So talk to me about everything. I want to know what your day is like. I want to know how you're feeling. I want to know how you're doing. You need to pray for a parking spot. Man, by God, pray for a parking spot. But I want to hear your voice every single day. I don't want to go weeks and weeks without you connecting to me. He says, I put no limit to what you can talk to me about. Pastor Roe, the Bible says pray without season. How am I supposed to pray without season? How am I supposed to talk to God every minute of the day? You talk to yourself. I'm going to look crazy talking to God. You look crazy talking to yourself. <laughs> and you know what people, you know what happens when you're talking to yourself? Oftentimes talking to yourself is a byproduct of worry and stress and anxiety. I saw Lisa answer herself yesterday. I don't even respond anymore. Man, where did I put the... 
Pastor, I'm going to look crazy if I'm, if I'm praying. You, you might look crazy already. Because you're in this moment of stress and anxiety and you don't know what you know. And, and God is saying, would, would you connect with me? Because when you connect with me, my power is magnified in your life. See, a magnifying glass doesn't actually make the thing bigger. It just magnifies it for you. See, God's power is unlimited. You can't magnify something that's unlimited. It's, it's, you can't magnify it. You can't, make it. you can't literally make it bigger, but it could be bigger in your life. And sometimes it is our pride. Pastor, I'm not prideful. I'm not arrogant. No, no. Well, let's revisit that for a second. If you feel like you are the one controlling and orchestrating and if you don't do this doesn't happen and if you don't do this this is not going to happen well who's going to do this if I don't do this and how am I going to pay the bills if I don't work three jobs and how am I going to be able to if I, if I don't go and put myself out there wait hold on pump the brakes well can you can you magnify God for a moment allow his power to be magnified in your life can you see him bigger and grander the Bible says don't worry about everything but pray about everything. Look what it says. It says, tell God. Can we put that scripture? It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Catch this. He says, thank him for all he's done. What do you mean, Pastor O? Thank him for all he's done. There's something about rehearsing, recanting, recalling what God has done in your life that just repositions the perspectives and the priorities of your life. You sit in God's presence long enough, you start realizing, man, I, this was pride. I thought I was in control. I thought I was the one that was going to make it happen. I thought I was the one that was going to change him. I thought I was going to be the one that was going to change her. I, sit in his presence. God, I, I don't feel anything right now. It's just like, what am I doing? Just, my pride was getting in the way. But if I just start rehearsing and recalling, oh, God, you're so good. It says, thank him. Look what it says. It says, thank him for all he's done. He says, go back to the place and start thanking him for everything he's done in your life. And start saying, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, because you saved me. God, I was so wretched. God, but you came and you died for me. Something about that experience and thanking you for all he's done all of a sudden puts things in perspective and his power starts getting magnified in your life and all of a sudden your pride starts taking the second seat and no longer it's no longer about you it's not about your oh man can i tell you something last point right here more than changing or moving god's hand prayer is molding your heart we use prayer oftentimes to try to move the hand of god But prayer oftentimes is molding your heart. I wonder if the enemies in your life and the struggles in your life just caught a glimpse of God. What would it look like? See, your enemies are before you. Your issues are before you. But what if you were to get out of the way and expose them to the God you serve? What if you were to get out of the way and say, God, here I am, God. What if you, you brought your enemies to prayer? Yeah, that person. That person that accused you falsely. That person that hurt you year after year. That abuser that sexually molested you. That person that introduced you to drugs. That person till this day is still trying to make your life miserable. You know what I realized? That I can't hate people when I bring them to prayer. You know what I feel like doing sometimes? God, kill them. I'm exaggerating. Don't judge me. God, right now, smite them like David did Goliath. Yo, David prayed those prayers, by the way. I'm just saying. for our enemy and all of a sudden we're in those moments of prayer and the very thing that is disturbing our peace the very thing that is 
destroying our peace of mind, we bring it to God. We say, God, man, God, I, you know that this person did to me. You know the pain that they caused me. All of a, all of a sudden, your prayer about them starts being your prayer for them. Oh, God, love on them right now, God. Oh, God, bring them peace right now, God. Oh, God, just show them that you exist, oh, God. Oh, God, come come be real in their life right now, God. Because, because instead of you moving the hand of God to do something, God is molding your heart for something. start getting in your prayer closet you just might not be the same person the things that you're thinking about right now might not be the same things you start thinking about when you're in your time with the Lord the convictions and the beliefs and the the order of your value system starts changing when you start connecting with God you know what my wife does sometimes sometimes to me she like we'll be arguing Oh my God, I, I, I can't stand when she does this. Like I'll be in mid-sentence. But you she be like, can we just pray right now? I don't want to pray. Baby, 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 baby. Can we just pray right now? flesh is weak but the spirit is willing you might not want to pray every time you pray but the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing you start prayer you connect with God you start praying his power gets magnified in your life your pride takes second place. You start praying and you start seeing your heart change and you start having a passion for people that you never had before. Oh man, prayer is an amazing thing. But I want to let you know that the same way your lungs need air, man, your soul needs to be connected with God. says instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done watch this catch this catch this I'm done I'm done this is, we're landing the plane right now look what it says look at this look at this thank you thank you then you will experience God's say it with me you'll experience God's one more time you'll experience God but I wasn't praying for peace I wasn't praying for peace. I I was just praying for, I needed God to answer my prayers. I was worrying about my job and I was worrying about my, uh, uh, my finances. I was worrying about my marriage. He says, listen, what happens in prayer, catch this. What happens in prayer might not happen simply by me answering it. Because the reason that we're praying for something is to experience a peace. And so we want God to answer our prayers so that what? We can have peace. We want God to, God, I I need you to fix this for me. Once you fix this for me, I'll be good. God is saying, despite, regardless if I answer that prayer or not, in prayer, you can experience that peace. experience up until this point is is simply peace that is absence of war. It's peace that is absence of trials. It's peace that is absence of tribulations and circumstances. It's peace that is absent of storms. But God says, when you begin to connect with me, you become settled. 
You become so settled. When was the last time our soul was settled? Is anybody getting this today? When's the last time our soul was settled? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.